different. Living his own way, searching, discovering numero uno. Hello, everyone. Welcome to episode number 14 of Broken by Concept. My name is Nathan Mott. I help people get better at jungling. This is Coach Curtis. He helps people get better at the mid lane, but he's also a psychologic psychologist. Based on the size of your psychology playlist on your YouTube yeah. channel, Curtis. I actually have so many viewers in that playlist now. So, you're, you're, you're like a psychologist, a league psychologist. Maybe you should literally put that in your Twitter thing. No. League psychologist midline No, coach. I put CEO of esports in there. <laughs> CEO of esports. <laughs> People won't get that. Yeah, they won't get it. Because that's an Australian Twitter meme at well, the moment. You should explain that meme. It's pretty funny. Yeah. Um, well, there's like this. They're talking about it. In, they it popped up in some government like senate a, thing or something like that. Like in government politics, like at the... They were talking about legislation. Legislation, like about governing bodies and stuff like that. And then this this, this really like... Professional. Boomer. <laughs> he's a boomer, yeah. <laughs> you know, with the suit. He's like talking like he really knows like about esports and stuff like that. And he, he literally quotes is like, well, I, we spoke with the the former CEO of esports. <laughs> and everyone on Twitter is like, okay. You Who's know? the CEO of esports? <laughs> I didn't know there was a CEO of sports and esports. There's a CEO. Yeah, apparently this guy exists is somewhere out there he's had the conversation with him <laughs> well, he's, he's self-titled he gave himself the title the <laughs> CEO of esports yeah there's someone walking around right now that's what I'm saying you're the CEO of esports I could be the CEO of esports could be me could be you Billy watching you could be yeah, the CEO yeah. of esports as long as you know more than this guy this boomer so and then I um some of the memes on Twitter were saying we should do a, a, a huge battle royale and whoever wins gets the title the of, of CEO of esports <laughs> I hope I win that. Yeah. That'd be such a cool title. That would be cool. I could just just dictate everything that happens in esports, man. Um, right, what do you want to kick it off today? Did you notice my shirt, Curtis? Oh, this is the jab at Will, isn't it? No, no, not at all. Okay, Will will um, know if Will watches this. No, it's about um, you know. So my um, so for people listening um who you know, and I'm Spotify and stuff like that that I can't see it obviously, but this is my good old old, old school team Dignity shirt. 2014 when i used to play for the team and you know what um what's it called my um coaching clients always say what nathan stop living in the past yeah because you know what i always bring up like you know like rank two challenger season Dude, three but do you often bring it up yeah once a week you bring it up once a week yeah, like like this is how i got to rank two challenger this is how three counts uh, top 10 right yeah, yeah season yeah, four yeah. and everyone's like nathan stop living in the past yeah. man and it's true dude i just live mm. in the past all the time what do you reckon um i mean you don't really talk about Actually, no, you do. I do. T- I do live in the past. No, you do talk about the past a lot because you always ask me, "Do you remember this?" I'm like, "No." Yeah, it's true because I never really. Yeah, you. You're so forward. I'm very like forward, in the, either right now or thinking in the future. But I just yeah, you think about the past a lot. Actually, I'm just always trying to relive my heydays. Why do you think that is? No, good? I don't think you just focus on the heydays though. You're a type yeah. of person who thinks about the negatives of the past as well. Yeah, maybe you do both. I don't. I mean. I think they're actually right. The people in your Discord are right. You do... I would say that you do live in the past a lot. Yeah. But not for the same reason other people do. Got it. Because I think most people live in the past because they like want to relive their glory days. Well, but my, this is my glory days, dude. My rank two challenge. Yeah, but you, my you may talk about that. Rippy. You would talk about that, but I think you also talk about a lot of negatives. Yeah. And I'm like, why do you think about that? Why do you care? Let's move on, you know? This is... Yeah, there's, like, like, there's like these certain experiences I like randomly come up. It's like, okay, oh, just remember, yeah, like, remember the, the 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 last day of X where we ate at this place. Yeah, you say about this random stuff. It's cool. It's it's like a it's like it's like a talent. Like, how do you like remember it. that? Why do you care? 
<laughs> and then, um, yeah, you do that actually quite often. So that's what people on my Discord say. Nathan, stop reliving your digging. I mean, they probably have a point, days. dude. They probably have a point. I mean, I see it all the time. I mean, yeah. this is just, I'm not even saying this from an egotistical standpoint, but I really don't like it when. So you see like a content creator or a streamer mm. and they put in their, their stream oh, title. Yeah, and Twitter. Rank Twitter one yeah. jungler or top 10 challenger mid laner. But you look at their rank now and they're like bottom of master or low grand master or like diamond. But they got challenger like three seasons ago or they got top 10 four seasons ago. It's like, dude. It's about where you are now. It's about where you are now. And what you're, what you're going to do in the future. The most... What's that? What's that, there's that quote saying the... The only thing that matters is, like, as soon as it's done, it's done. Like, the only thing that matters is what's happening right now, where you are right now. Yes, if you had been a long-term, say, you had been top 10 multiple seasons in a row, like maybe three, four seasons, yeah, then you probably could maybe put that in your... I in, mean, still, dude. Even still, because the game has changed so much. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm so, you know, I'm, I try and I talk about my old school, you know, dominating solo queue top of challenger days. Dude. I'm yeah. like diamond one in solo queue, dude. Yeah. Struggling in diamond one. Yeah. It's like, what does it matter? Yeah, to be honest with you, it actually could be kind of toxic I think in the is. sense that it's holding you back from figuring out what you need to do now. So I might have to burn this shirt, burn all my Darwin shirts. Maybe I just completely yeah, get rid of my no closet. Shit, I've told you this for all my, months. All my HyperX, all my sponsorship yes. shirts. Get rid of it all. And Go to Uniqlo. Start Get fresh. like seven t-shirts, basic. Literally what I've got on right now, just a plain black t-shirt, get a few colors. I'm thinking gray. Gray, black, white, whatever. It doesn't yeah. matter. Blue, red. Should I do it like now or the next? It's like new year, new me. You should do it as soon as possible. Uh, I think you're right. You just go online. You don't even have to go into the store. Yeah. Literally, after this podcast, while after you finish rendering it, yeah, editing it, Uniqlo, boom, arrive in like four days, Monday, right. done. Next this podcast. Is, this is the last time you're going to see the Team Dignity Rippy shirt. Yep. Dude, it'll cost you like dick all. It'll cost you like 20 bucks a t-shirt. Mm. Not even. It's going to stop living in the past. That's right. All right. So... Let's move on to our first topic of the podcast. Let's yep. get into it since we've established that I need to start working on being more present and living in the future. And just like a little caveat, I'm not feeling too well today, today, guys. It's all right. So if I'm a little bit low energy, bear with me. Curtis will, um, I'll carry Curtis through this podcast. Yeah, I'll try my best. All right. So let's start off with story time, Curtis. Okay. I love story time. Story time with Nathan. Someone in the Twitch chat said I had a, a, a buttery, a, a buttery voice. No, no, no. A, my voice was as smooth as butter. I thought it said buttery. No, that's what I said. It was buttery. But he says, Nathan's voice is like butter. Uh, and then I was like, what does that mean? And he says, oh, because it's smooth uh, like butter. Yeah, you do have a nice... You have like an announcer's smooth voice. Soothing voice. All right. So with my announcer's voice, I'm going to read out this little story. So this is a Reddit post. Okay. Titled, I'm an... It says, I'm an League of Legends addict, but it's okay. meant to be, I'm a League of Legends addict. Yep. It was on like Reddit, you know, two days ago. It had like one count votes. You okay. might have seen it. And he tells this story. It's 9am. I just woke up. Another weekend full of potential. Beautiful autumn weather outside. I plan on going to the gym, cooking a nice meal, and maybe going for a short hike in the afternoon. But first, let's play a few games quickly. Why not, I think. I plan on two to three games for today. Perfect start for the day. So we, so we playing. One game becomes two. Two, beca- two becomes three. Five games later, it's already lunchtime. I wanted to cook, but I don't really feel like going to the shop, then standing next to the stove. Whatever, I'm going to just order pizza. I don't want to get interrupted playing, so I just watch a stream while waiting for the pizza. I finish it up quickly. 
Now I can do other things, but I've just eaten. I don't feel like moving much with my belly full. Let's throw in a couple old games until it settles. And so I play. It's 3 p.m. Time flies. I probably don't want to go hiking at this point. Dressing up and going to the closest hill takes one hour at least. It would be getting dark too soon. I think I could play two games in that time. To hell with it, I think. I'll plan better next time. It's okay though. I can practice my in-game skills. I wanted to try some new champs anyway. It's now 6pm. I'm thinking of hitting the gym soon. I pack my bag. It sits next to my desk, ready to go. I did just win three games in a row, though. Might as well see how many more I can win, so I can play one more. We have an AFK player, so we lose. Probably just bad luck, I think. And queue up again. This time, it's a close one, but we end up losing. Meh, I'd rather end my games on a win. You know, being positive and stuff. So I play one more. We win this one pretty hard, and it gives me a rush. It's now 8 p.m., A bit too late for the gym. It's okay though. I can always go tomorrow. I'm quite hungry at this point. I haven't made any food and I don't want to wait for delivery. So I just eat what I can find around. Bit of chocolate, bit of this and that, leftovers. I finish them quickly so I can go back to my computer. Still a a couple of hours left in the day, so I play a couple more. You know, There's nothing more I can really do now. It's 10 p.m. I take a quick shower and sit back at my PC. At this point, I don't care about winning or losing KDA or other players. I just have to play. I feel it inside me. I don't want to think about other aspects of my life, the failure I am. The chores I should have done, the goal I should have worked on. The moment the game finishes, I queue up again. There is no ifs or buts. It's now midnight. The noise is calmed on the outside. I look out the window and see that most lights are turned off in the other building. It's prime gaming time, I think. My eyes are bloodshot and my vision a bit blurry. They hurt. It's okay, though. They've been hurting for hours. I don't really notice it anymore. I just queue up and play. It's 2 a.m. At this point, you can feel it on the fellow players, too. It's late. Coke-fueled Katarina's jumping around and nodding Timo's planting shrooms all over. You can really see the difference between players now. I'm quite slow, too. It's quite mellow and fun to be around this time, so I keep playing. It's 4am. I take a quick break. I open my window for a bit. I can hear the birds chirping. Cheeky fuckers, I think. I close the window. It really starts to sink in that I haven't done anything today. Technically now yesterday. I'm getting my dopamine hits though, so I queue up for the last time. At this point, I don't think. I just do what I've been doing all day. Left click, right click, QWE. The game ends and so does my day. I head to bed and all those flashy plays, triple kills and outplays keep playing in my head. After a few hours of sleep, I wake up and do the exact same thing. Sad face. Wow. It's so powerful. It's a powerful story, isn't it? It's emotional, honestly. There's so much you could relate to in it, can't you? There's so much in there. So much to unpack. Uh, And also, when when I read that, it's like, wow, like... That's probably a lot of people's, especially in, t- in terms of the COVID time. I mean, it, and again, it's not even about the specific, it's not about how similar it is. It's like there's aspects of it that are similar. Like, yeah. Well, you mean you can relate to? I think there's, there's been times in my life, 100%, where I've your done time, the exact same thing on a weekend. Your time just flies and you're like, what have I achieved? I've done that many a times on a day off where I didn't plan on playing league. Yeah. So, for example, um, when I was a head coach, right, I did league all weekend. I mean, all day, all week, sorry. Monday to Friday, 
game day, Friday, Saturday, whatever it is. And I usually have, we have like a day off, a Sunday. And there were times where I would get up and I'd have breakfast, whatever I do. And then I go onto the computer and I feel like I don't really have anything else to do. Like kind of like him, I'm just going to play like maybe one or two games. And you play one or two games and then instead of like going out and getting groceries or yeah, doing what you were going to do, that two or three games turns into three or four. And that's a big difference. There's a big difference between one or two games and three and four games. I mean, if we think about a game, it's technically 40 minutes to an hour, right? It's Could a be big 40, chunk of your day. It's a big chunk of the day, right? Yeah. You so, do a lot in an hour. Yeah. And, and, and so it's the, it's the one or two turning into three or four. And then that's like, could be a three to four hour chunk. And usually that's the exact same amount of time between like meals. So I've had breakfast, I've chilled a bit, now play three or four games and then it's lunchtime already. And I resonate big time with the, the two things. There's two parts of that. One, I'm waiting on my phone, watching a stream, waiting for delivery. So yeah. there's actually so much wasted time there as well. Yeah. Cause you're not actually, you can't actually start a task mm. cause you, you know, just- you got to eat and then you got to wait. Because the delivery guy's going to be there. You can't jump out of your game. And you don't want to cook food because it takes too long and you're just so excited about playing league mm, again. Mm. So then whatever you eat. And then you're full. And you want to... So your the, 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 your mind is telling you, what's the easiest thing I can do? Mm. Oh, might as well play another game of league. That resonated with me. Now, I've never been a, a gamer that's played late though. I always call it quits. I, I just don't get addicted to league. You're, you're, you're not up to like 4 a.m. Never. Yeah, I've, ever. I've, I've, I've never played I, 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 I hate playing past like nine mm. i i don't like playing late i'm just not this is not my type of i'm not that type of person but um i think they're um it shows how easy for me okay the main takeaway for that one for me is how easy it is to press play again queue up that feeling of just bang queue up how easy it is and uh super super interesting so um i was actually talking to that coach ginseng guy there's a fellow guy. He's a, he's a, he does like, you know, I know about. He does like psychology stuff. He's a uni student, I think. Some of them. And he um he he developed this this he's, he has a few coaching clients, and one thing that he did with one uh, I don't know if he does it with all of his coaching clients. He did it with one of his coaching clients. He was telling me about where because we're addicted. A lot of people are addicted to league. What he would do is after that game was done, he told the person to close the client. So there's no temptation of clicking play, mm. and there's no temptation, and, and it's the and it's the actual mental side of it where I'm out of the, I finished my game, I'm closing the client and getting into my review. Mm. So that's more specific. Not he's doing. He has to do a task. It's like about no. The it's the review. Okay, and I think that is very important because you're you're differentiating. Okay, play, review, play, review. And I think that really allows your time, gives your, your brain time to just relax a little bit. Well, it also dies limits, down the dopamine. Uh, the the my takeaway from that as well, just the self talk you can have into giving you reasons, excuses to play the next game. I won, I lost. You see how here's an, you have an excuse for for playing because you keep winning. Yeah, and there's when you always lose, an excuse, there's right? always an excuse you can come up with. We're so humans are so good at convincing ourselves to do shit because we're, we're like humans are so good at convincing ourselves to do anything. Yeah, that gives us the dopamine <clears throat> hits. I- insane. Mm. Um, and uh, like going to the gym, going for a hike, like that takes energy and effort. Dude, oh, that's so you good talk about that. this in terms of system one and system two. You know, in yeah, your video yesterday definitely. about autopiloting. Yeah, I think that. <clears throat> the a big takeaway as well is um I lost my train of thought, sorry. Um 
Yeah, sorry, I was talking about queuing up, yeah. And um, one of the biggest things, like you said, the review, what it does is it takes it away from the LP and the win and the loss. Yeah. It's like, I'm going to review and look at it regardless. No matter, because you, you have this feeling in your stomach where this is, this is what it is for me sometimes when I review. I play a game, I'm like, oh, I already know the mistakes, I'm just going to play again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Versus like, like, like as much as it hurts to review, because mm. that's what, it, it hurts to look at the game. It does, play. it hurts. Because then you realize that, okay. You could have been the, the contributing factor to lose that game. It hurts the ego. It's so, it's painful. No, but I find it liberating. For me personally. Yeah, yeah. Once you do it enough, you find it liberating. But that's why I feel like no one reviews their games because it's too hard to get to that stage. I can actually resonate because me and you, we never reviewed games no. back in the day, no. right? Yeah, literally and my, my thought process would be is I already know why I lost that game. Well, I mean, I, I blame myself. I didn't blame others though. But it, I, I, I I, knew why I lost the game. I was like, you know, screw it. But I, I bet you I missed so much stuff. Oh, 100%. You know? I, yeah, no, but I, I knew I was doing things wrong. But I was so addicted to queuing up again that... I would find any reason just to queue up and not look at the review. I did that. I je- I was the type of person that did not review. It actually took me a quite a long time to actually get into the habit of reviewing. And I actually think you said that something I never really thought about. I think there is a like a barrier to like you need to review X amount of times before you really start to see the benefit and the rewards of reviewing. Because yeah, because you don't. Yeah, and that's why it's so hard for people to review because people are like well like. Well, let's have to make basic mistakes. Like, what's the point? Like, I already, point? I already know these mistakes, you know, but you're getting into the habit. It's like, okay, well, these mistakes are happening a lot. Now start thinking about why do they keep because happening? Because you realize that it's less about the hurting your ego and you get more results from it. And it actually feels better knowing that you want... Because the, the worst thing about league is the victim feeling. It's the feeling that you feel helpless because you exit that game and you're like, I just have no idea what I could have done. Mm. Like my team just entered. Mm. I didn't know what to like, but when you start realizing how you contributed to that situation in the smallest, tiniest ways or opportunities that you missed, that's freeing because you're like, holy shit, that game was actually winnable. I could have played that. If I was faker, I could have won that game. And that's, that's liberating for me personally. I think for a lot of people, because you're just not a victim anymore. But the other thing is before I lost my train of thought, I remembered it now. Yeah. When I have, say, say I'm, I'm doing uh, working on videos for my channel, right? Mm. So, so usually with my schedule, like I spend the morning replying to Discord stuff and I might do one or two coaching sessions um, and then, you know, I'll start to get into my preparation sometimes for videos. Sometimes I do my research like I do for that autopilot video, whether it's compiling clips, filtering through my reviews, jotting down ideas, getting my slides done, whatever it is. I actually cannot have the lead client open. I've noticed there is a significant difference. Two things. If I have the lead client open, I am way more inclined just to check it. I'll just check it. Just like your friends list? Like, I don't know. I just click do, on do, it. Do, 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 and like, I just look at it. Do you go through like the play ranked and then you I look, look at, at my it? rank sometimes, just admire my rank. <laughs> Straight awesome. up, I'm not even joking. I'll just look yeah, at my rank yeah. and like- Just go play. No, you know what I do? You, what do you do? You go profile ranked, look at the ladder. Yeah, I'll look at the ladder, see yeah. who's people playing. You know, yeah. and what I also do, this is actually, I can't believe I'm admitting this. I literally do this. Yeah. You know, remember Fantics in season seven, mm. how he was obsessed with OPGG? Mm. I'm obsessed. Oh, really? you're, you're addicted. I'm addicted to OPGG. What do you do? What do you do on it? I know, I know every solo queue player in like, I know the top probably two, 300 solo queue players in O's. Yeah. I know what champions they play. 
I know what time of the day they play. So you're looking I, at it. I just know everyone. I just know how they win games. Like I just get obsessed. Who's playing now? Who's going to win this game? Like I, sometimes I'll have like five OPGs open yeah. and see all the active games. Really? And I'll just refresh to see the result of them. Really? I love it, dude. I love seeing who wins and what are they playing? Why are they playing that champion? Oh, who's doing? I, I like to see who's doing. Yeah, I do this. How do you know that? I, I don't tell anyone. I've never done that. I'm obsessed. I know everything. And, and the reason is now I... I um. I love it. I've just I'm obsessed. And now that now do you, I, so do you think it's beneficial or not? I mean, I mean you're collecting a lot of information clicking, that can help you. Yeah, it, no, it helps me 100% cuz I know I know how people win. And I know Is that only important for Halo or should, should we recommend No, this is only Halo, Halo. Okay. no way. Yeah. Well, I, th- I think that's important to differentiate cuz because a lot of people are addicted to like those professor things and that sort of stuff. Oh, no, this doesn't mean there. Yeah, this is only sp- specific to because I versus players. I know exactly who I'm versing. Yeah. Um and I like to see, oh, you know, what's Shock playing? What's Get Back playing? What's, you know, what, what's this guy playing? What's Kisei playing? Oh, he's been playing this matchup and he's like, struggling in these matchups. Like, I don't know. It's not that it changes my strategy because I still have the same champion pool, but yeah. it's just, I just find it really interesting. And I like, I like keeping up to date with the meta. And I do that with Korean solo queue. I have like a folder of all the, the top That's good. That's Korean solo queue ones. Yeah. Well, um, RPG is a fantastic tool. No doubt about definitely. it. Definitely. It's a fantastic tool. But anyway, that... But, Getting into that that routine all stems from clicking on the lead client. You know how that works. So step number one, lead client's open. Yeah. Whether I get a message from someone, I get a friend request. So it's like a little notification thing. Something will happen. Messaging me. I'll click it. Yeah. And then that leads me to click the profile to see if I'm still ranked 15. Yeah. And then... That leads to least, And I'm like, oh, I wonder who's playing. And I'll go through some high-yellow games. Like, oh, he's playing, he's playing. Oh, interesting. Who's going to win that one? Who's climbing? Who's having a lot of success in solo queue? Why, why is that the case? And what champions are they playing? Um, and then I'll go over... And then it might lead me to... Oh, interesting. He's going that room page. I wonder what that guy in over Korea now... Because what actually happened is well, I saw like one player in O's playing Yone. And I'm like, okay, interesting. What are people... What, what builds and runes are they doing over in Korea? And I went to... I found UCAL. UCAL on Yone is doing Static Shiv, not PD anymore. Um, and doing this different build. I'm like, oh, he's actually having a lot of success. With, and I just study who's what the meta is. And I noticed that like the uh, the Galio player as well in Challenger, he's gone back to using Aftershock a lot. I keep up to date with the top 10 players in Korean Challenger Solo Queue all the time and see what they play and why they play, like how they're having success. I literally go on this hole and I can just waste 45 minutes, bang. And then I'm like, fuck, I should have gone back. I should have been working on these slides. Then I go back to work on So the on whole, whole time you should have been working. How, how, how much do you reckon that time is? How long, how long does that process go for? 20 minutes? That process goes for about 40 minutes. 40 minutes. I think 30 to 40 minutes, I'll okay. say. Because I go down a hole. Because then sometimes even if, it's, if, if my procrastination is really bad, mm. I'll then look at like a replay off that matchup. So for example, like there was t- there's times where like say... I saw um, like a Galio. He took like he took like X rune or Yone took X rune into this matchup, and I like want to learn more about it. So then I'll type in YouTube um, how you know that matchup and find the matchup and just like observe it and just like oh what does he do in that matchup? And I've actually this has like, helped me get a really good understanding of matchups, very in detail micro de- stuff about mid lane matchups. And I just go on a rabbit hole, dude, and um, and it's the exact same with Discord. I found if I have the icon. With Discord there, if I don't close my Discord, I will check my Discord a lot. Yeah. Yeah, I definitely fall into that trap, especially like with my coaching clients, my soul too. Like if I'm solo queue, I, I just get rid of Discord. Just have to close you it. You have to. Yeah. yeah, it's so hard. But it's so good because then you, you can't, you physically can't click on it. You have to like go through a whole process. You got to double click on it, you know, versus like, 
Yeah, I'll you know, get a notification. Notifications yeah. is the most dangerous thing. Yeah, I, I had streamer mode always on Discord. Yeah. I never have not streamer mode on, on Discord. So I but never get any notifications. It, doesn't it come up? Oh, no, because I have two screens. So like, I would always have Discord. Like, I never have the, it open on yeah, the screen. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so that, I'll close that. So then there's no but, possibility. Yeah. Um, well, that's actually why. I mean, I, I deleted Twitter off my phone for like a month ago now. And I, I, it's actually been so healthy oh, yeah, for me. Yeah, it's hugely healthy for me. Yeah, yeah, I didn't do Twitter for a long time. It's actually awesome now. I actually feel like I'm, a, I'm a healthy user of Twitter. Yeah, because you only check it on your desktop periodically. Yeah, exactly. Rather than and the phone's the most the phone's thing. the most toxic thing. To yeah. Do. Um. Anyway, we went on a bit of a rabbit hole there, but anyway, I did think that post is awesome, by the way. And I think that, I mean, I don't know. And I actually said this because um, so oh, so, so interesting. Oh, sorry, one thing before you go into this, related to the addiction part. Yeah. I got a message from, I'm not going to say his name, um, from the Discord, and he was telling me how he doesn't get to play in League much, okay? So, whether he works a full-time job, I'm mm. assuming, and mm. he doesn't have much time to play League. And he comes home, and he's really excited to play the game. And he has this problem, he's telling me, Curtis, I can't dodge. I can't physically bring myself to dodge a game, even though I know I, the chances of me winning this game are so slim. Because, and the psychology around that is because you don't want to waste... You're so angry that someone is like going to have to waste your time. You I don't, don't want to be the one to dodge. I don't even think it's angry. It's just, it's just, all it is is I'm, he creates any narrative in his brain. So maybe we could win this. To convince himself to, to not play. dodge and to okay. play that game. And he says it's yeah, actually... but why? But why? Because I feel the reason why for him is because he's got the pressure is that he doesn't have much time. Oh, he doesn't have time, yeah. And, and I, I told him, I don't know. And I feel like I've done this in the past where when I was addicted to League, more like more when I was like 18 and stuff like that, I would not, wouldn't dodge either. I would hate dodging. And I would just play, 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 play. And there was, I played those unwinnable games. I just lost them. I knew they were unwinnable, but I would play them anyway. I was just too stubborn to dodge. It was just a complete waste of time. Now, it brought me to a thing saying, I actually don't have the knowledge. I'm not, you know, I'm not like a, I don't, I haven't really studied properly. I'm not like a medical person. I'm not a psychologist, whatever. I don't know how to deal with addiction. And mm. that's something I need to learn more about, how to deal with addiction, mm. addictive tendencies. But what I suggested was this. The reason he is still queuing up and play, I think, I think, I'm not saying the only reason, one of the reasons he is still actively playing without dodging is because he doesn't see value in anything he can do while in queue or while waiting for that timer. If you can find, if you can convince yourself or find things to do while in queue or while that timer is on that equally contribute to improvement or fun rather than just playing the game, you will be much more incentivized to dodge. For example, whether that's looking over specific replays of the matchup on YouTube, whether it's looking at your own VODs, whether it's playing LOL Dodge game, whether it's um, watching a your favorite high yellow streamer playing some champs that you like, whatever it is, there's things you can do that is still going to help you improve that aren't directly playing League of Legends. And I think that he needs to find things or a system that, to go through so he doesn't just feel like he's just going to waste time if he dodges. I mean, that's, my, that's my, one of my proposed solutions. That's all I have right now. Yeah, I think that that's the key term there is not finding anything valuable to do to help you. I mean, but what's his goal? Is his goal to improve? He wants to get better at the yeah, game? Yeah, like he's he genuinely trying to, to improve. Okay, no, well then, yeah, he should definitely look for... He doesn't for, just play for fun. Improve. Yeah. Because, I mean, yeah, I mean... But even then, like, if if you've got, like, obvious trolls on your team, like, I found that it it's... you got to think of the long-term investment of that dodge. Like, even the yeah. LP loss, like, you could be stuck in that game being you know held hostage for 20 30 minutes versus just dodge get into a better game and like you're really only losing 
10 minutes. Mm. Not even. Not even. I mean, I think about Q times. Well, but. it's like the... It's like you said, what I said in the coin flip video. It's not that you... You're actually down... You have to win two games. You're down two games. Yeah, that's right. You're down two games. To so in order to climb, to actually yeah. climb, you have to win two games. It's big. So you have to get one game that is still a 40% that's in your control mm. or another 30%. So there's mm. a 30% chance that you lose again. Mm. And then you have to win three games. Yeah. No, then that's suddenly four games now. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's <laughs> yeah, ridiculous. Yeah. You know, it's... um. Anyway. Dodge. <laughs> you got to dodge some games. Like, because you have these games where you also have like a, a Vega, Soraka bot lane and like a Yasuo top and stuff. Mm. He's like, he's just never going to win, no. you know? Anyway. So that story right there, Curtis. So, so that's... He's an addict to League of Legends. Because, that's correct. And the definition of an addict is someone that is is purposely but not purposely avoiding responsibilities have you googled this i haven't googled i'm just i'm just pulling it i don't i don't know you should probably google the definition of an addict i'll do that right now do that right now because it's probably worth worth um worth looking at because i actually don't know what the definition of an addict is but that guy seems to me i mean i wouldn't be surprised if um that is probably actually the majority of people playing the game by the way Okay, addiction. The fact or condition of being addicted to a particular substance or activity. That's not really helpful. That's not helpful at all. What is the true meaning of addiction? Means compulsive psychological need for and use of habit-forming substance characterized by tolerance and well-defined psychological symptoms upon withdrawal. So that's like saying stuff like, like yeah. if you don't do it, like yeah, you, you're gonna, you feel like you're gonna feel something. He might not be actually. Addicted. Yeah, maybe it's not. Maybe he's yeah. not at that level yet. But maybe he genuinely is like, I don't know. It seems a little bit. That, that, that's the way I always thought of it. It's like you're literally. Um, but, then, but then, but then the counter argument to that, like my definition, right? Let's say if you're intentionally doing Dr. Nathan. I mean, I'm not yeah. gonna call myself a doctor yeah. again. This is like my little theory, you know, my head that I sit shower thoughts. Yeah. Um. That yeah, so that there's someone that is you know subconsciously, I guess, um, avoiding responsibilities. You know, like he said, he wanted to go for so a hike. Yeah, and gym you're consciously in the face, like of like knowing that you should be doing something else, but you're actively like self sabotaging. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. to do it. Well, then, because then people will say, um, but well, there's nothing for me to do. Yeah. So like, so like, let let's say let's say if he he didn't even plan to go hiking and stuff like that. You have yeah. nothing else to do, so it's like. Well, actually, is, is, is do you should that do you need to time to start thinking about things? You know, because because let's say if you do this for months and years, these could be opportunities where you start learning a new craft, like you know, graphic design or. And again, um, man, this is just this is where schedule just comes into play. Scheduling, scheduling comes into play because you don't have the option. In a schedule, it is what it is. So, I love when Jocko Willing puts it like Jocko Willing puts it like discipline equals freedom. freedom yeah. Because there's nothing to think about. Mm. That, that that's just that's just what's happening. That's the that's the benchmark. That's just that's just it. There's no if buts uh, about it. Alright, so let, let's let's do an un, like let's say the most disciplined person in the world, right? Okay, let, let's, Joker Willing. Let's try and do well, not like specifically Joker Willing because okay. he's literally just a complete outlier. Okay. <laughs> but um, let, let's say let's say a some, something that's actionable. Let's say like a 19, 20 year old. Okay, okay. Or like this guy, right? Yeah. So let's say he. So let's. Preface by saying he doesn't want to be a pro player. He just plays league. He just plays for fun. Enjoy it. Well, plays for fun, but maybe he wants to improve and okay. it reaches a goal, okay? Well, that's the, we'd say that's the most common type of player where they want to play to improve, but they're not overly serious about it, but they do want to get better at the game. Okay. Let's say this person um, 
he's currently, let's say, studying something. Okay. He's not really sure if he wants to do it for the rest of his life. Yep. Um, and he, yeah, he, 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 he like doesn't really have like that many other skills. Like maybe he works a job or something like that. Okay. Actually, let's say he doesn't work a job. Okay. So he doesn't work a job. He's a uni student. Sure. Maybe he studies five days a week. Five he has a weekend week. off. Yeah. And he's got a bit of free time. Yeah. Like he's, let's say he's got actually a pretty significant free time. Okay, he's it's got like online classes and like so that. So he's essentially got a lot of free time and he's got this entire weekend to himself. Yeah. He doesn't have a girlfriend. He has plenty of time here. He has some friends he could maybe socialize yep. with. He has a lot of friends, yep. So what? what's the perfect schedule? Like, okay, well, with the intention of like, I don't know, oh, getting your life together or, or you making sure you can't have a schedule on a weekend. I mean, on a weekend. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't worry about that. Let's just let's just go for like, let's do like a Monday. A Monday. Okay, let's start with a Monday, for example. Right. So this is the way I think of it, okay? Um, what's your ideal day? Yeah, what's an, what's an ideal day? Okay, so let's say, let's say, you know, gamers give or take, we like to go to sleep pretty late, right? So let's say, um, well, again, depending on class, but let's say he, he starts later that day, right? Um... Goes to sleep four a.m. Wakes up four a.m. Four a.m. What the hell? That's what he talked about in that story. No, then that's ridiculous. The guy for starters should not be going to bed at four a.m. Okay, so that's probably first. You'd be going to bed at a reasonable time. Yes, COVID, you can do later. Let's just say he goes to bed at midnight. Okay, no one a.m. Let's have one a.m. I feel like gamer schedules better. That's ridiculous. Okay, wakes up. So let's say eight hours sleep. He gets up at nine. Nine. Okay. Okay. Um, Wakes up at nine. Does some, you know, checks like, you know, some social media sort of stuff, has breakfast, gets ready, let's yep. say we're about 10, um, 10.30, um, goes online to do some like classwork for his uni course about, you know, one thirty. has lunch, um, he's like, okay, I'll play some, I'll play some games. You don't have to remember, you don't have to attend lectures Live, I'm pretty sure they're all recorded. Yeah. Right? Well, again, we're assuming that everything's okay, recorded. Okay. Let's let's. I think we should approach this another way. Okay. I would say that I have pretty good. I'm not saying my schedule is perfect, but I would say I'm pretty experienced with really maximizing a day for high performance. I swear, at some points during my time as a head coach, I was, I could not be more efficient. Yeah, this, but, is what, this is something I actively. Yeah, because did. this is what I don't want to talk about because you know what you're doing. Right. So, so th- this is this is why people get into this trap is because they don't know what to do. Yeah, they, they don't have much. Yeah, direction. I want to give you the fundamentals here. Let's okay, talk, okay. I'm not talking about my schedule. Let's, let's talk about, about the, best case scenario then. Let's talk about the fundamentals okay. like that you can apply to your yeah, day. Yeah. So this is where I learned. I learned this from. You want to do the most intensive. They call deep work at the beginning of the day because that's when you're most focused. That's when on? you have the yeah. You're the most sharp. Okay. So whatever requires the most attention, whatever requires your most focus. You should be doing it at the beginning of the day, okay? So this is where you get up. Ideally as well, if you do exercise, you have two choices. I mean, I'm actually conflicted about exercise in terms Mm. of morning because my ideal schedule is I wait for my breakfast to digest, then I go work out because that's when I'm the strongest because my, my food is actually digested. I actually found going to the gym, even though it feels nice before I eat and it's a very, very start of the day, you know, 6, 7 a.m., whatever it is, I'm actually less strong. So if you want to build muscle, I, I mean, I'm, again, I'm not a physical, I'm not like a personal, personal trainer. trainer or anything, but in my experience, I, I, just for myself, I felt stronger mm. after having food in mm. my system. Anyway, the thought process you should have anyways, deep work at the beginning of the day at all costs. And then progressively, you do the, you do less and less intensive work. Now, avoid very easy things avoid doing the like answering emails replying to like stupid messages 
doing very basic level remedial tasks, very simple basic tasks, do them way later on. Like I would try to avoid checking emails, do any of that stuff till like three, you know, two, 3 p.m. Where like I've already done all my best work. It's like that Lex dude, his schedule is like deep work for like three hours in the morning, three, four hours into like exercise in the middle. Cause he, he did intermittent fasting, I'm pretty sure throughout the middle of the day. And then uh, another deep work work and then like after after he's working out shower he showered in the middle of the day as well to refresh yeah with exercise and then to another work session and then at the end of the day he did all the be- like very light stuff light reading very light study very light emails social media all at the end of the day um and i i i totally agree with that i totally totally agree with that now another fundamental that really helped me in terms of structuring a day is again similar to league the small things add up what i realized there's two things i wanted to these are two things i was trying to figure out i was trying to figure out how i could have more relaxation time Mm. and uh, and have more focused work Um, because i felt like i just didn't have enough time in the day and what i realized i had these times during the day where i called them transition periods where let's just say i was getting out of bed woke up in the morning i would spend you know, maybe sometimes 10, 15 minutes on my phone in bed. That's 15 minutes gone. Then I would uh, go have breakfast. And sometimes I'd listen to a podcast sometimes and have breakfast. And then my breakfast would actually be extended because I might sit around for another 10 minutes and f- watch a little bit, listen to a bit more of the podcast. And then after I said, then I went to work. Then instead of going straight from work into eating, maybe I would hang around a little bit, where, you know, s- you know, talk to a few people, listen to a few, listen to a podcast, drift around a little bit, then eat. Then again, I there was like these things that transition periods between my parts of the day, up your day, and they ate up my day. Mm. And I added them up. By the end of the day, mm. I was wasting around two hours, mm. sometimes around two hours mm. of just like 20, 15 minute blocks, fifteen minute blocks of just dead time where it wasn't actually contributing to my happiness. It wasn't actually contributing to me feeling well rested. And I would wait right, and I realized if I get rid of all of that, I wake up instantly, I do this, I do this, I do this, I can finish my work earlier, and then I have an extra two hours to chill and literally do whatever I want with with no guilt. I can play PUBG for two hours if I want to at the end of the day without feeling terrible or without having to go to bed at three a.m. Well, because you scheduled in that light. I mean, that's that's relaxation time. You can that's do whatever pure you want. relaxation okay. time. So, so let's say advice for this guy then, right? And again, let, let's say that he doesn't, again, I want to keep putting the frame, it's like where you don't really have, I, I don't want to say direction, but like you're not like really passionate about one thing. Yeah. Or like you don't have like clear responsibilities. She just has shit that he has to do. She has to do, but he doesn't have clear, he's like he doesn't have to he do He doesn't it, have to have you know? to, yeah, yeah, yeah. So given the deep work thing, like I, I, and I always think about this, like you've got to sort of just spend your time figuring out something to do with your life. Like what do you, what do you, like you might not figure it out in the first like, years you know it yeah. takes years to do that but but scheduling some time and again i think going back to the schedule yeah maybe in the morning to just it doesn't have to be you just sit there and think it's like what do i want to do with my life it's like try and do some things like inspiration like i think reading helps yeah it really helps me like think about things and th- potential ways i can navigate Dude. things um something interesting like a unique hobby yeah like an instrument learning a language yeah. that lex guy here as well does he does plays guitar for his relaxation period in the middle of the day for like half an hour 
there's there's that Udemy um, website, right? Where it's like little like mini courses and stuff like yeah. you can buy. It. They're really cheap, like five, ten bucks. Yeah. What if you just go on that and you just every day you do one Udemy course? You know how much money I would give to go back in time to when I was eighteen? Yeah. When I had fuck loads of free time. Mm. If I had an entire summer holiday, mm. holy what would you do, Curtis? Shit, well, Curtis, dude. What, do, what do you mean? You had summer holidays. You played video games all day. Exactly, but I would have just done so many more hobbies. I would have just and like I just wasted so much time by playing shitty games as well. I played Guild Wars. I played Call of Duty. Yeah, I wasted time on Counter Strike. <laughs> you and your shitty World of Warcraft, dude. That was I, I don't regret that at all. I mean, okay. I don't regret my time playing League of Legends, okay. although I could have played. A, I think I regret. You probably wasted a lot. Of I wasted time a lot of playing because yes. we didn't have we didn't have the knowledge we have today. We order, I autopiloted an unbelievable amount of League of Legends. Games. Yeah, I've autopiloted thousands of games as well. Okay, so anyway, that aside, yeah, dude, I regret just not just like list like literally sitting down with myself and just realizing how beautiful the world is and how many interesting skills that you can develop. I would like, whether it's learn a language, I would, um, yeah, learn an instrument. I would learn piano. Yeah, coding, coding or like... Graphic design. Or poetry, getting into really into reading biographies of successful people mm. or interesting people or learning how to... Whatever it is, I would go into another world. I would let my, my mind just get absorbed in a new craft. So why didn't you? I had no insight. No one was... I mean, I was just wake up. Game. I, not, I I literally didn't think. I swear to God, I was autopiloting through life. Yeah, yeah. I mean, me playing World of Warcraft as well. It's like it's just the most fun thing for me to do. I'm just going to do that exactly. right now. Exactly. I was. There was no thinking about the future. There was no yeah. thinking about what type of person I might want to be. There was no thinking about how I could use my time efficiently and effectively. Mm-hmm. There was no thinking about being grateful for having this time right now to do something with it. It was just pure, like. This makes me feel good. I'm going to do it. But you still want to play games, right? Oh, yeah, dude. 100%. So, so let's say your summer holiday, what would it look like? My days. Three three hours in the morning of like reading, deep work, figuring things out. It might, no, it might, not, it might five, even just be at day? the beginning like an hour, minutes, an, an hour, hour and a half. Okay. Might even an hour. Yeah. One hour. And then you could still play a lot of league. Oh, shit ton of league. That's pretty, it's pretty true when you think I about mean, it. I mean, I'd also way earlier get into gym. Yeah. Yeah, you talk about that. I would have yeah. got into gym. Uh, I sh- That's I hard for me. And it's hard for us. It's easy to say that now. It's very hard. I can understand why people don't, but that is something I would have 100% done. I would have dedicated gym, mm. no matter what, and I would have again spent time. That that would have that's so that's two hours potentially gone. An hour at the gym and an hour at um, whatever my craft is, and just honing in on it. That's and two three hours of the day, which is like not really a big chunk, but you've probably done some serious work there instead of playing. Yeah, man. And then you you feel you'll feel better. Feel better, yeah. You'll you'll be and and the great thing about exercise, why it's actually so good, mm. is that it prevents you from staying up late because you're too tired. Too tired, you literally. So it actually helps you maintain a, a, a normal schedule. Well, it's more efficient as well because you can get to sleep real easily and sleep quicker. That's the thing that I have found. Like I've never really experienced this myself because I've always been a very eat quickly go to sleep. But people people say like, oh, like they're I can't go to bed. sleep, so I'll just play another game. Like I'm not tired. Or they just lie in bed on their phones for like two hours because I can't sleep. Mm. Hundred percent, dude. Very common. All right, so let, let's get let's now get into the specific. I want to talk about specifically scheduling your time for League of Legends. What would that look like between games and reviews? Right. I've yep. always thought that. Um, well, this is what I've experimented with. You know, this year I've experimented with it a little bit, but I should have done it more. Five games a day. That's it. No more, no less. So five games of really intense, fully one hundred ten percent focused mm. um, games. All 
I think I think what I was doing is all in a row. So five games in a row. Like I would schedule it from like one to like six, um, and then like have dinner at six and I like have lunch, get into it, yeah. six and then dinner. Right. So it's like intense. So it's like okay, um, watch vods before. So just mm. just like while in queue, just sit there watch some vods. From um, like what I did is sometimes I watch the vods from the yesterday, the before, or my own game. Okay. Plan, okay. Um, play game, review. Play game, review, play game, review for five, you know, five times. In your reviews, how long does your reviews take? My reviews would take pretty... I, I always would say I want to get them as short as possible. I have like a terrible narrative of this game so then I can sort of try and remember it versus like this is the mistake, this mistake. It's like, uh, okay, I didn't play around this win condition correctly. So you try, or, to, you try to get the main... I try not overcomplicate things right. because... I could say a thousand things wrong Yeah, you with could that say game. a thousand things, right? But I try and be like, okay, this game here, oh, this makes sense here. Because I, this is what... You, but are you trying to look for the same things in each game? Are you trying to find the trends? Like, what I are you think, trying to do? I don't know. I think this is maybe a flaw in my review process. I don't yeah. know. This is what I was doing. So that's what I'm, I'm trying to figure out. It's like, what? What is? what do you think the best, like, schedule... Is it five games? Is it three games? Is it ten games? Is it five game block, then five game block? Or three game block, three game block? I mean, my... My hunch, and I just what I tell people, I I just don't see, I don't see how you can do more than three or four games, Straight, fully one hundred percent focused. Yeah, I I really don't. If you are really focused, I think three to four is mm. like very solid with reviews in between, and then take a break and then come back. I I I think you should be doing if for maximum optimal practice, if you really want to be good at the game is two blocks a day of, of three to three four. Games. To get specific, yeah, three or four, Curtis. I think it depends. On, no, but the reason I say three or four is Why? because you can have like a 15-minute open. Okay. If you have, obviously, if you have three 40-minute okay. games, yeah. you're not going to play four. Only three. So so pretty much three, but four if you've got like Four if you had one of those games is like a, yeah. you barely had to think, you know, sometimes they're an open, sometimes they're a 15-minute, sometimes they're an AFK. So are you scheduling it based on hours or games? Yeah. Games. Because not I hours. think that that's dangerous. That, because then, then that's not sticking to a schedule, though, Curtis. That's inconsistency. Yeah, but you can't... What happens if you just you do can't three no matter what? Because I just think you could play more if you could do... If you have three 20-minute games. It's likely that you're going to have three 20-minute... You can play way more than three 25-minute games. You can definitely play... That's where you could even go four or five, but I'm capping it at four. Yeah. You know? Especially nowadays, if you're in high elo, sometimes, like for me, one of my challenger games, some of them I come out exhausted. I played a 36, I play a 35 minute game, 36 minute game is Cassiopeia where I had to farm a nine CS per minute. I'm exhausted. Hmm. Maybe that's because I'm old, because I'm a boomer. I don't know what it is, but I'm exhausted. I use so much mental, like brain power. I'm exhausted. But if I'm just chilling on stream, I can play like five or six games in a row, but I'm playing sloppy. As well. It depends on the amount of focus as well. That's why I think if for optimal focus, playing at your best, I can't see more than four. four okay. I can't. All right. So two, three, or four blocks. And then what do you do in between the breaks? So if you're, if you're... I think there are some people, though, that can actually do three blocks a day. If so you structure well. If you have yeah. a very good schedule, you could probably do three blocks a day. Yeah. Or you play around nine to 10, 11 games a day. That's where you would have like, yeah, three, four, break, maybe exercise in the middle of the day. Three or four, break, dinner, chill, whatever, bang, again. That's what I think. If I were to go to Korea, that's what I would do. If I were to go to Korea, I would do three or four and three blocks a day. 
But, but most people, <laughs> they're going to only do one or two. So, well, I mean, yeah, because that's, that's your intention is to be the best at your, your craft, yeah. right? But for the average person, right? Like, Even if you can do... I don't think you can improve that well if you are doing less so that's the question, than one right? block. Like, you have to at least do three or four games a day. Okay. Right. Yeah. It's like yeah. intense. Yeah. Below that, you're not improving. Yeah. And we're not even talking normals here. We're talking intense ranked games. That's right. That's ranked optimal games. improvement. I, I would agree with you there. And my reviews are... I do my reviews just different to you. I mean... Maybe is that because you're mid lane, jungle? Or? Yeah, maybe the roles are just different. I mean, I... I'm obsessed about finding trends in my gameplay. I'm obsessed about finding what's really contributing to my wins and losses. And I generally find... Um, I generally find trends specifically with my deaths. I find uh, trends. Yeah, I'd say, yeah, I'd do the exact same. I mean, I, I, I would end a review based on a death. Yeah. I was like, oh, well, like this game would have been free win if I just played this better. Yeah. For me, though, when I lose games, it's very rarely multiple things. Maybe just because that's because the level I'm up, though. Yeah. So yeah, I think it's very it's, different to lower ELO players, Nathan. We've yeah. got to be careful. Because as a lower ELO, say you're a gold player or a platinum player and you die. Or like, let's just say you play a game. You're so overwhelmed. Mm with what you could take from that VOD. Like, you did so many things wrong. You're so overwhelmed. Um, and that's where things get tricky. And that's this is still something that... This is something I have to figure out. I don't know the order. Mm. I And it's so hard for me to say what's the priority of your focus without seeing the game. For some people, they're actually good at CSing mm. for some reason, but they lose games because they maybe they get ahead and they, throw, they give their bounties over and lose in mid-game. For some people, their landing is just incredibly inconsistent and they just lose trades and they well some of them their trading is actually good their CX is good but their warding and their map awareness is like beyond dog shit so I can't tell this stuff without actually looking at it and again this really comes down to the person's ability to be able to review and I, I and I don't know if all these are wrong I can't tell you what the order is but my hunch it's like it's very simple fundamentals like CSing and trading first have you uh, like okay yeah fundamentals CSing and trading first have you ever coach someone or seen someone in gold where you say like oh that guy's map awareness is really good um because i think i've never seen that no i haven't i wouldn't say it's really i'd say someone would de- i would say someone's def- i've had players that are definitely reasonable map awareness and it's not the reason they're losing yeah like i had this one this one guy recently um and he was quite aware he was going to every fight but um, he didn't know how to bring about favorable situations for his champion. Like, he was playing Swain. He wasn't playing the fights correctly. Yeah, I mean, he didn't know what he needed to do to bring about, like... Because for Swain, for example, you need a call for in, in, in the future for what you need. Yeah. Like, you're a champion that has no proactivity, and the only proactivity thing, or proactive thing you can do is you want, you want call pe- for dragons. You want people to come to you, <laughs> yeah. right? Yeah. You so, can- if you're not, like, actively thinking about where you need to be in the future, yeah. you just lose yeah. slowly. Yeah. Same with, like, Vlad and things like that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he was kind of like an outlier, I'd say. But yeah, I agree with you. I don't. I think it's rare that someone has good map awareness that is, is in gold. Because I think good map awareness alone would probably get you to platinum. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking yeah. as well. So like, I think is that a fundamental as well? You know? mean, but again, these are things that are just theories. I I haven't been coaching oh, no. long enough yeah. to actually know this stuff. And and I was actually I was actually one of the things I was going to bring up today. So I did a coaching session this morning. And you know, sometimes when you coach, I, I don't know if you had this feeling where. You look at someone's gameplay and you just realize how many things you get caught off guard by how much, how many elements of the game are, are just muscle memory to you. 
something I just took for granted. And I haven't really, and I, I, I don't talk about this enough. Is just like I know intuitively, without even really paying attention, how fast a minion is dying. Yeah. So I don't have to think. Ah, uh, yeah. And the reason yeah. that's important is because if. I know that this minion is dying really slow, mm. so I don't need to worry about that. So I can focus on going for a trade now. So now all my attention is focusing on a trade. Then if I know a minion's actually dying really fast, I'll I'll start I'll begin to b- position way earlier, mm. because then I realize people were positioning way too like defensively. Yeah. And I asked him like, why Why are you doing this? And I asked him like, where's your attention focused? And he's like, oh yeah, I just didn't think that minion was going to die that fast. Because he's not looking at like where the minions are in relation to the enemy minions, and not understanding that it's like a it's a ra- it's a range creep, and range creeps have low HP values, so they die very quick, and all these things. Yeah, and this was intuitive. I would say that it's, it's uh, yeah, I struggle. I actually get frustrated um, with my clients when I see things that I because again that I take for granted. Yeah, I'm like like it's so easy. Just so come how, on. Yeah, and how do I how do I articulate like, like, it? In yeah, how do I te- how do I teach it? Because how do I teach that? The yeah. biggest one I see is just the way you approach a gank. Sometimes it's just like they're approaching like, from, how can you, from the yeah. wrong angle. Yeah, why you know? would you see it like this? Yeah, it's like well, what's going on here? Well, know? this is where I think as well. There just has to be a minimum amount of games played. Like when I get an OBGG and it has less than three hundred ranked games played this season, mm. it's just like. It doesn't really matter what I say. Mm. Like what I say is, yes, I could put you in the right direction, but it doesn't matter because you're just not playing enough of the game. Like 300 games is less than one game a day Mm. in a year. Mm. You know, if you're serious about climbing in the game, you need to at least like 300 is just to to see where you're at. Mm. That's just to get to where you're at. That's just to like be comfortable playing the game then once you get to 300 like so so given your model let's say of at least four games a day to improve yeah you would be playing what's that about 1200 games a, roughly well i'm just saying how much you would need to get to your baseline of 300 right uh how many days is that would that take um with 300 right by four what's that um i don't i don't, I don't do mathematics that way curtis but i'd say uh, it's three about seven four it's around 70 oh yeah it makes sense. 70 yeah. some days yeah yeah so seven-ish days, less than three months. Yes, yeah, no, around three months. Yeah, over three months, just over three months. Oh no, no, you're right. No, yeah, sorry, just seventy over two days. Months. Yeah, yeah, so seventy days. Just so, over two um, yeah, I would say twelve hundred games in a season. You could really get good at the game. Very good at the game. Yeah, very good. But then it's what's weird though, dude. I literally looked at an OPGG recently of of very focused non autopiloting yeah. twelve hundred games. Because <laughs> I have a, a a guy on my Patreon. Yeah. I looked at his OPG. Said he's been struggling at the moment. And he's Diamond Four, mm. I think Diamond Four. And he, I think he dropped recently from Diamond four, Diamond Two to Diamond Four. And he's an Anivia. He's a big Anivia player. I think he's near, borderline Anivia one trick. And he has two thousand four hundred ranked games played this season. Wow. I think 200, it was either 2,200 or 2,400. Did you speak to him? Like, what's his problem? We just talked to him. Oh, it's just like, I mean... What's he thinks his problems are? Well, he just thinks... He, he's just kind of complaining to me that he thinks he's on like a... Like, he doesn't know how to like... Like, he says the enemy just keeps roaming and like... And exploding the side lanes. But I broke, I broke down to like... I looked at his OBG and he he doesn't take... 
aggressive enough setup with Anivia to prevent the enemy from roaming. Got it. He takes TP. It's actually not what you want to be doing. The best Anivias actually don't take TP. They either take like exhaust or ignite. Really? Yeah. There's we we got a challenger. Go for solo there's Q. a challenger one trick solo kill. Anivia in our server. Fascinating. And he goes ignite or basically yeah. exhaust every game. And he plays super aggressive with electrocute and tries to one shot you at level three. That's awesome. Yeah, it's impressive. Yeah. And it actually counters a lot of melees. Yeah. yeah. Even though you you would think that Anivia is like this scaling. No. Yeah. It's actually not the case at all. He just one shots you, dude. Um, anyway, I got into the details with him, what he, what potentially would be going wrong. Um, and it got me thinking, like, how does this guy play 2,400 games? And he's only, like, D4. And it shows. I've seen players with, again, thousands of games, and they're still platinum because they're just autopilot. And I looked at his account. He's literally been game after game after game after game. With no schedule. And I told no him schedule. he's it's ridiculous. I told him. He's yeah. Just, you're not reviewing games. Yeah. You cannot be playing that many games and say you've re- if you've reviewed 2,400 games, <laughs> you'd be a genius, dude. You'd be better than me. <laughs> anyway. So yeah, it's not just purely the amount of games played, but there is a baseline. There's a threshold. There's definitely a threshold you need to meet. Um, does that cover it for schedule? I mean... Yeah, I mean, yeah, I'd say... I mean, I think this is something we're going to have to revisit again mm, and again. This mm. is not like... The, I mean, we're learning. We're trying to learn what we... How reviews should be conducted, what you need to look at at differing ranks. I mean, we need to really go deep here. And we're still figuring it out. I, I, I call myself... I'll say I call myself a you know full-time professional coach, but I'm not, I'm not saying I have all the answers because the game is still new. It's only 10 years old. I've only been doing coaching probably for like four years now. You know, I'm still just trying to figure this out. It's going to take me years and years and years to get better at my craft. That's fine. It's all good. I'm not saying here I know everything, but I would say there's a lot of things here that would put you in the right direction for sure. Um, uh, 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 let's um, just pose a question. I want to hear from our loyal listeners. You mean not uh, yours, ours. Did I say You mine? said mine. Did I really? It's not all yours, Nathan. That's not that's not very characteristic of you. What's going on, Nathan? All right, our, the loyal listeners have broken my concept. Yeah. Our podcast, yeah. Uh, what is is there? Has there been a schedule that's worked for you? I, I want to hear that. Schedule that's worked for you that maybe not doesn't necessarily show like a lot of improvement, but you felt good. Yeah. On the schedule, it's like oh, okay, this feels pretty good. I could do other things with my day as well. And just a little little note here, guys. Listen to yourself. What feels good for you? Mm. We're not all the same. Mm. There are some people. That can play. Like 10, 15 games They a day can. And just be there are others well, that That's what they can't. do. That's pretty much everyone's become pro players. That's how I became a pro player. Just doing mindless solo. I mean, again, I don't know if that's the most optimal. That's the way I did it. Well, that's yeah. the way a lot of Chinese players, Korean players do it. Yeah. Um, but that type, I mean, one, but before we move on to that, there's one thing that I kind of feel with that though. The spamming games is, yeah. you got to all in on either way. Like, you're either all-inning mm. on that. Or all-inning on a really good schedule. Yeah. Like, you games. don't do half-ass. You're all-in on either of them. Like, I feel like... Like, what was it? What was it when you told me that once? you like, all-in on either. You said that in reference to something. Did I? I can't remember what it was. I think, well, no, it was... Re- that was in reference to scrims. Oh, they, that's scrims. Yeah, that was about the solo queue versus scrims. Yeah, thing. if you want... No, well, that, that was about the solution to... One of the solutions to NA fixing... Well, if you want to do scrims, you should just literally all in on... Don't do any reviews and just play nine scrims a day. Oh, yeah, yeah. The philosophy of throwing off shit at a wall eventually will stick. Yeah. yeah. Just yeah. all in on that identity. Yeah. We'll probably talk about that in a bit, whether we do it this episode or another episode. Um, 
So I got a few things here, riffing off that one. Um, I want to talk about jawing. Duo Q. So about we duoed last night on your stream, Curtis. We did. It was very. We started off. I was very frustrated at you. You were playing like absolute yeah. shit. No, that, I think that's a really good example, though. I genuinely wasn't playing well. Yeah. Some days that happens. Yeah. You're gonna have these days where you just don't play well. But does that count, Curtis? Because we're in diamond. You're literally ranked 15 challenger. Yeah, it just shows. Shouldn't you have the muscle memory? The Dude, I was because I was tired. You're tired. I was. You're distracted by I mean, Twitch I've, chat. I've had. I'm tired. I'm streaming. I was playing matchups were actually very hard mechanically, and I was literally Zach, Zach Yasuo, Zach Yona. So hard for Cassio. Yeah, okay. So if I lose focus once, I'm, it's it's snowball. The game's over. It. Yeah, it's not the same as other matchups. Uh, like Yasuo is actually a, and pretty like these are pretty big counters to Cassio in the early game, and if you could die in the early game, and that was Halo. That wasn't Diamond players. Oh really? That was Halo. Oh dude. really? It's I didn't know. Pro that. player dude. Oh. He's been in China. Oh. Um, the Yasuo was your. It was Halo. Ah. Okay. That's why he was very good. Yeah. So that yeah, Halos is like a he's like a kind of like a pro player, and he went he's, he was with Legacy, just came back from the Chinese Super Server from Worlds, from Worlds, and he's climbing back to Challenger. Yeah, um, that was that, that. So he's on a Smurf. Got it. So I was wondering why that Yasuo was so good. And yeah. I'm like, okay, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Um. Anyway, so we were duo queuing, and you know I didn't play too well, but there was there definitely was a contributing factor, and this always happens. I would say pretty much every single time I duo or either play Clash. This is one of the reasons, one of the many reasons I believe duo queue is terrible. For all ranks. Go on. For me, I make differing decisions that I wouldn't make otherwise if I was solo queue. Now, there was a few situations last night that we were in. Uh, one of them was where I was playing Cassiopeia into Yone. And I, I believe I built a wave and I was heavy trading with his Yone. And in any other situation... I would have just recalled. It's fine. Got a decent recall. I believe the next wave was a cannon wave. I would have just recalled because I don't need to force. I'm complete. If I go even in the early landing phase with a Yone, I'm I'm happy because I'll get I spike much earlier. Yes, he will spike like maybe one to six better than me. But if I get to lost chapter and he's sitting on like a berserker graves or whatever it is, I win. Now, um, my play and that's the thing that the, the way the Chinese player plays and the way I play solo queue. I play very, you know, it's calculated aggression. But then what happened? I was like, oh, oh, I've got a duo jungler here. I've got, you know, I can communicate with my jungler. They can got, help me I here. I got Nathan here. He's going to, we're going to win the game. And I knew, I knew you were strong. Yeah. And I saw, I even panned my, I panned my eyes down to the minimap. I saw you were coming, you just finished the blue buff. Yep. I saw you were full HP with ultimate. Um, and I said, oh, like Nathan, we're heavy trading mid. And he said, oh, I'm coming. Mm-hmm. And then in my mind, when I heard I'm coming, it's like, okay, he's coming no matter what. Yeah. I can keep heavy There's no training. off switch in my mind. Yeah. As soon as you say I'm coming, yeah. I assume that you've read the situation and you mm. see it and mm. you're going to take control now. That's the, for some reason that was my mind. My mentality was like, Nathan says he's coming. That must mean he's obviously assessing the situation because otherwise he'll call it off. And this is, this ties back to Jono. Now, Jonathan Brown was our performance director in Direwolves. Kind of like a mentor to me and you, Nathan. And absolutely, I was out. I learned so much from him. And mm. there was one concept that he talked about which blew my mind. And the concept was called, and it's the most toxic form of communication is assumed communication. Mm. Mm. And assumed communication. If I were to go back and be a head coach and things like that, this is the sort of stuff that I would work on. And what assumed com- uh, assumed communication is is 
I assume I'm assuming things about him or information that he either knows or information just assuming what he's going to do or information that he knows or inf- uh, assuming what he wants or assuming he knows what I want. Now, what happens in pro teams, largely happens, is say me and Nathan are playing in a pro team and we get into the review straight after the game and I'll say, Nathan, why didn't you come? Or, or, or why didn't you call it off? And then Nathan's like, well, I thought you were doing this. I, I, he, he might say to me, Curtis, well, I thought you wanted me to come. I thought you called me there. So I thought it must have worked. It was 100% play. And then I said, no. Then I said to Nathan, no. I, I mean, you said you were coming. I thought that means that now you would have called it off. It didn't work. And notice how both of us are now saying, I thought you would do this. Or I thought you knew this. It's just all assumptions. Well, now, I, I assumed. I now, assumed. assumptions are, are healthy when you refine them over time, right? Because that's efficient communication. Then me and Nathan, we, we can refine this over time. Now, I know if I don't say this, it, it's, it, it is... Um, I know 100% that Nathan um, does know it because that's just maybe that's the way our communication goes, right? But the toxic thing is no one gets into this conversation at a pro level. They just continue the assumptions again and again and again and hope that next time it's all good. We just hope that in that situation we are on the same uh, on the same same page. And this is how you get on the same page. And the way uh, I don't like the word to to use the word synergy. But the way synergy is really built is getting into this very high quality discussion. And this is actually is going to um, tie into one of my other issues. Funnily enough, one of the other things I wanted to talk about is communication, the quality of communication and, and, and conversation. And in order to grow alignment and get on the same page and increase that synergy, we got to get into the nitty gritty of the communication and the, and, and, and the assumption, these, these assumptions that we have with each other. And that was the perfect example last night. Now, it's fine. It makes perfect sense when you join a new team, you have zero synergy a lot of the time and you're have no, and you just going to assume a lot of things that it's going to be completely wrong about that player. Now, what we would it do, if, and this is why I say you've got to have a joy partner over a long period of time so you can refine this. You can get into the details with your friend and say, hey man, here, what were you thinking and why was that the case? What information did you assume that I had here? Did you did you assume that I knew where Zach was? Maybe you in that situation, Nathan, assumed that I knew Zach could be in the area. Hmm. I don't know. And the other assumption was in that situation, I assumed that because you were coming there and you were in the area, could Zach couldn't you. be there. Yeah, and you, be there, yeah. So there was so many and, assumptions. And, yeah, and then I assumed that you sort of were, you were, you could potentially ready for Zach yeah, coming Yeah, but there. I wasn't at all. Yeah, you That's why all. I didn't flash it. Yeah. So there's so many there's so many assumptions going on there and that's fine and that's normal, but you must refine this over time and uh, people don't and they rely on just luck or they rely on just spamming bulk amount of games and hoping we get on the same, like th- again, mm. throw mm. enough shit at a wall and hope it sticks. Eventually it sticks. But that's just not an efficient way of improving. No, it's not. And this is how we as, we as coaches can improve as a head coach. That's how you can speed up that process. That's how we can speed up the process of improvement. Um, what are some other things, Nathan? As, uh, I mean, what is your take on all this? Like, assume, duo queue and stuff like okay, that. Okay, duo queue. Yeah, no, any of us. You would assume. notice. You would notice. So this is these are ways whether it's good or not. I, um, I the way that I cope with duo queue. Right. You, you would have heard me many times last night saying, "I don't care what's happening mid. I don't care what's happening yep. mid." Okay. Because what I'm what I'm trying to tell myself is like I I'm trying to subconsciously shut you up because I know I can carry the game. Mm. So, like, you know, I don't want any information from you. Because that's what it actually means. That's what it actually means. And, it's like, and that's really common, by the way, is that you will say something 
that I don't know what it means. Yeah. But you but know it, what it means. It's like a, it's like sort of assumption, but like, oh, I'm like, I carry this game because I was like 4-0 a lot of those yeah. games. I'm like, I just know that I do this in solo queue and it works. I don't need to do anything fancy in duo queue, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I'm with a duo. And you know what the, just thinking back to our time in Die Wolves, you know what the most common uh, situation where assumed communication like fucked up a play mm. was, um, the t- say this was more with top lane. The top laner would, would uh, say, oh, like say the jungler, like, can you come top? And then, and then the jungler would say, I, I'm, I'm coming top. And... The inbuilt assumption from the top lane was like, no matter what is happening, the jungler is coming. Mm. Like he is beelining here mm. and he is literally coming here at all costs. Yeah. But what actually happens for a lot of junglers, no, they're, they're, they're going to hover. Maybe they go in the area. Maybe they'll do something on the way through. They're not immediately coming now and going to like do it 100%. Like they're, they're just looking there a lot of the time. And then the top laner would start taking really aggressive trades, knowing, thinking that the jungler is going to come right now. Mm, mm. And then the jungler like maybe does a camp on the way, or mm. a scuttle on mm. the way, or like sweep somewhere. And then the top laner is like, Where, "Where's my jungler? What are you doing? Where are you?" Yeah, that's actually always what I am afraid. Sometimes I try and do like a timer, so I'm like, "I'm on my way." That's that's dangerous. No, you, be, you, you be more specific. You say, "I'm coming after these two camps." Yeah, or. Um, I'm coming yeah, right now, like we're, we're, and this is where right we, now. What we how we solve this is yeah. we're diving on this wave. We yeah, ping the wave. Right. You yeah. ping the wave specifically, yeah. not that wave. This wave. So the wave coming out of base. That's when I will be not, at your lane. Not just like we're diving this. No, it's yeah. It's we're not just we're diving. Wave. We're diving on that wave. Yeah. And then you get more specific, and then you can get into that conversation. What did you think? Blah blah blah, and then um, that sort of thing. I love I love that sort of that I love that sort of coaching by the way. That's one of my my favorite type of coaching when I was at our head coach, like mm. getting into the nitty gritty and the, the conversation, communication. communication. Well, a lot of the times when it comes to comms as well, Curtis, people just don't. I always said it's not how it's not what you say, it's how you and it's say. How it. you say it, yeah. You know, it's like tone, like urgency. So if you're like, yeah, jungler's like coming to you. Versus, jungler's coming to you. Jungler's coming to you. Jungler's coming to you. Yeah. Like, I, I'm, I'm on my way. I'm, I need a hover verse. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, there's just a difference. Like, because because. People are so focused in the game, you don't really you can you hear it, but you don't you don't hear, hear it. it. It's kind of like pings. That's why I always tell the mid laner if the enemy's your enemy's roaming, do danger, you da- need literally multiple, multiple pings, spam pings as yeah, many as possible. Yeah. And the danger is the most loud. Well, this sounds yeah, danger is the better one. Danger is the best. Not yeah. missing. Danger is the best. Danger, yeah. danger, danger down yeah. the river, exactly where he is. Yeah, not just two missing pings in the middle of the lane. Like I, yeah, I, I will I not never, hear that. I never listen to missing. Pings. I won't even hear it. Yeah. I literally won't hear it. Yeah. The way I uh, the way I actually view missing pings is like toxic. Yeah, they are. They're more toxic. <laughs> like it's like question mark. Yeah, it's yeah. like, what the fuck is this guy yeah, doing? Yeah, they should actually just remove missing pings. Yeah. Danger pings is just way danger better. Danger pings are so much better. Yeah, I always danger ping, dude. But right, danger ping in the V one, the back. The What's that one? Oh, the, the back one. I love that. It's like, yeah, it's a good one. That's a loud one as well. But I spam pings when I do it. I usually run out of pings. Yeah, I always run out of pings as well. I just run out. Yeah, you want to milk it. Let's go. Make sure they listen to you. Yeah, but duo, anyway. Going back onto the duo thing. I mean, there are so many disadvantages to doing, yeah, but that's I, just one. I, yeah. That's just one. Yeah, I think that, yeah, I think that, I mean, you know, like I said this and we talked about this, about the benefits of the duo queue removing high elo, like they should just remove it for all solo queue. It's called solo queue for a reason. We say it like that, you yeah. know? This, yeah, if you want to duo, you should play flex. Yeah. And I think a lot of people actually duo because as well, they're insecure about, they're scared of solo queuing. Yeah. 
Oh yeah, there's so many narratives They're there. They're so that, scared. Yeah, they, they they be like, well, like I, at least I can trust less than narrative. At least I can trust one person yeah. on my team. <laughs> Dude, you can't even trust your duo partner because you guys are gonna make each other play worse anyway. <laughs> you're gonna make each other play worse. The matchmaking's worse, and you're gonna verse another duo. Yeah, and they're gonna be on the ball. Yeah. You gotta have a good strategy. Well, that's an assumption, Curtis. You sure they're on the ball? Well, it's a chance they are. Yeah, there is. That's right. You know. Well, they like to pick better duo combo than you do. Like I love chance. I love solo queue more though when I when I know there's not a duo in the game because it's more chaotic. Yeah, I love it. Yeah, I love it. But anyway, I so again I, d- I didn't want to go deep on duoing, but I, that that one specific element and our experiences last night. Um. I think it. I think it was a good, a good, uh, good example of that. But I still want a duo. But I want to see what we can do if I play like we're playing two independent people. That's right. We have to play independently. And then, and then, and then. So it's kind of like a relationship. Yeah. Right. The best relationships are two independent people that are very competent individually. That don't need each other. They just want to be playing with the other person. And then in certain situations, they make each other better. Yep. Yep. Spot on. They make each other better in certain situations. But in order to make each other better, you both have to be competent. You both have to be doing your job already. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah, well, I was, that's why I was pissed but off. You I weren't doing your job. I wasn't yesterday. doing my job. Yeah. Or I was, I was changing <clears throat> the way I did my job because I had you as my job. Yeah. When you, when I, I told you, cause you just got to do your thing, man. Just, just do my thing. Do yeah. your thing. I do my thing. And then. We'll use that information to win the game together. Which but the other thing as well, Curtis, is that uh, duo cues feel like they have to talk all the time. The they less don't. you talk, I, I want less talk. You should only say things when you really need yeah, to. Yeah, only key information pieces. You know, I think I just maybe just came to my mind. I think this is actually invisible narrative for me when I duo. Yeah. An invisible narrative, I think, I just I just discovered it is the reason I, I actually take different trades when I duo is because I know that... Because I have a jungle that will listen to me, if I heavy trade and my jungle comes help. first, but I don't want to help you. Sometimes, yeah, but you don't yes. want to help me, and that just hurts you. <laughs> yeah, it does. And so it's like it's like a high risk, high reward play style. Yeah. that I never do. That's not the way I play League mm. of Legends. Yeah, that's because you're rank fifteen challenger, dude. Just play your game. That's, yeah, why I, my- that's what I wanted you to do. Yeah, stop playing. We don't have to overcomplicate. If this I play my game, shit. we can't lose. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, thank you. Let's do that. Yeah. I play my game, and then we can okay. work together. You okay. know. All right. That's what frustrated me the most. I'm like, I'm literally joining him with rank 15 on the server. Yeah. And he's just playing like a diamond four player. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I know you're so much better than that. Yeah, I know. Because the duo, and that literally made me think, it's like, I got to stop joining with Curtis because he's just playing so much worse. Yeah. Fair enough. Yeah, no, I, I think I've become more aware of what I was doing, which is interesting. Um, I think maybe we just jump into Q&A now, Curtis. All right. We well, I really want to go next episode. I want to go deep on quality of conversation and yeah. scrims and stuff like that. Love it. We can go it's into a good that. Topic. We actually have some uh, some questions that we're not going to do today on um, team stuff and duo Q and stuff like that as well, actually, I think. But not? Yeah, we won't. No, we'll do it in the next episode. The next then. one. Yeah. Okay. All right. So I'm going to quickly do the usual yep. BBC change battery. We'll okay. be back in just a second. All right, so jumping into some questions our loyal listeners have sent us in. So also the way this works is while we do the segment pretty much every episode. I think we've done it every episode yeah. since we said it. But yeah. if you want us to answer potentially, I mean, we've pretty much answered most of the questions. Um, send in your question at brokenbyconceptshow at gmail.com. We definitely read all of them. Um, and we might respond to you if we don't have, if we don't bring it up on the show, but... First question here is from Zanna. Zanna? Zanna. Zanna. G'day, Zanna. 
And Zana's got a pretty pretty nice, quick, simple question okay. here. The email's titled, Help, who are the best roaming mid laners to study? As in players? Yeah, Which players. Should... I'd say as players. That's Doinby. Doinby? It's going to be the only one. Um, They'd be like, okay, this this guy's like really good. Or yeah, I'll say honestly, that's all you need to watch. If you really want to get good at roaming and assessing situations, doing be period. That's all you need to. He's watch. just the best at He's it. He's just the best. Most people don't focus on roaming. It's not common. You shouldn't be focusing on that as a ro- as a mid laner. I think? mean, it's a very niche way to play the game, and he makes it work. But uh, yeah, if you're interested in Talon. There actually is a very good talent player on the Korean. He's actually Chinese, but he plays on the Korean Soliku letter. Yeah. He's a talent one trick. I think he's sitting at around like 1,100 points or something like that. I would, if you can get a hold of his OPGG, if you, if you sort by t- highest ranking talents in Korea, you'll find him. It's, I think his name's like Huya or something. Or no, it's, no, I think it's FPX Zhao. FPX Zhao or something like that. Anyway. You'll find it pretty easily, and I would look at his VODs. That guy is amazing at uh, assessing situations and, and playing side lanes and skirmishes and things like that. But play- Dwayne Do- is the best. And in terms of champions, so Talon, I played against a Kiana today, dude. That was She was really annoying, roaming Kiana. The best but- roaming champs, I would say... Uh, Lucian's not a roaming champion. No, he? not at all. He's a pressure he never, priority deny CS. Yep. Uh, Rumble, I would say Galio, I would say, yeah, Kiana, Fizz, um, yeah, Talon. Diana's an assassin. She's not a Roma. Not really, no. Uh, I'd say they're the main ones. All right. Next question here is from Dave. His question is how to pick your role and champion pool. So he says, hi guys, I just discovered your podcast and I've really enjoyed the most recent few episodes. I'm still working on some of the earlier ones. So not sure if he's answered this before. Um, I'm a relatively new player in bronze one and I'm having a really hard time deciding which role and champions are right for me. I'll go a few weeks playing top lane, then decide that doesn't feel right and switch to support, and a few weeks later to mid or jungle or bot. Mm. In all roles, I'm totally fine accepting that I'm not yet, I like that, a mechanical savant. So I have stuck to what I perceive to be easier champions like Nico, Annie, Galio, Garen, Siva, Ash, Jinx, Lux, Amumu, Nocturne, Zin, Zao, and probably more. So that's I mean, pretty much tried everything. <laughs> I think that's the chance. way to go. At the start, yeah, for I like sure. it. I like it. But I acknowledge the pool and role diversity is still way too large to learn and improve overall game concepts. So he's talking about, I think he understands he needs to really hone in on Champion something. Champion mastery. So his question is, what are our recommendations to a newer player for picking a role in Champion Pool when none of them feel exactly right or fully satisfying? Thanks, Dave. So the the I've sort of experienced this. And in terms of, I like what you say here, Dave. And so says, there's no champ that's really doing it for you. And I feel like there's an element to it. It's not everything where you've just got to pick something and fall in love with it. Force yourself to fall in love with it in mm. a way. Fall in love with the process of mastery. Because right. because what I find is people keep dabbling too much. And for me, when I'm like, okay, I'm just going to commit to this champion. Yeah. I start to be like, okay, I'm liking it. It's like I'm loving the process of mastering it, not the champion itself. you got to view a champion as a tool. That's all they are. Champions are a tool. For you to win a game. To, for you to win a game. It's yeah. not, you know, and you learn the game through the, the tool in a way. 
I mean, one thing that people don't understand as well is that the game gets more fun the the more champion mastery you have on a champion, right? So you actually have less fun dabbling in all champions because you never actually get the feeling of getting past knowing how to, you know... Your strengths and weaknesses, when to play in certain situations, how to play skirmishes, exactly. that's what you're good into. What yeah, you're because into. as well, your your mind gets freed up. Yeah. Because again, I talk about that in my autopilot, my recent autopiloting video is you have the system one and system two decision-making. At the beginning, when you just pick up a champion or you're a newer player, you barely have any system one decision-making or ability because you have no ingrained habits. Your instincts are very poorly refined. Uh, and you have to use your system too for so many of just the basic things, like just CSing, basic trading, like just the fundamentals of the game. You, you're not, you have no muscle memory. <clears throat> and the fastest way to develop muscle muscle memory, it, sorry, is through um, spamming, yeah, one or two champions, ideally two champions, and getting really, really good at them. Because um, then that you develop your muscle memory, you develop the habits, you refine your instincts, and then that brain power that you're going to free up is able to be used in other aspects of the game. Then you can start to be more creative, maybe create your own strategies with the way you want to play the game. Think more in, in the future about your item spikes. Creatively use abilities to create advantages. Um, find roam opportunities that you never would have saw possible. Start thinking about your wave location, whatever it is. None of that is possible without Champion Mastery. So... I think there's an element to that. Like, I totally agree with you, Nathan. You're just going to have to eventually, at some point, make an executive call and and learn to fall in love with a champion. But I I don't really believe that nothing clicks clicks with you. I truly believe everyone has, at least if it's not a champion, a stylistic tendency. Now you may not know what champions, what all the champions in the game yet, so you might not know what clicks and what doesn't, but you will know stylistically the way you w like to play the game. So if you're stylistically the type of player that wants to play overly, like maybe it's like when you play a, uh, like an, uh, what are they called? Like RPG games or whatever they playing Diablo. You get the people that have a gut feeling. They just love fighters. They want to get into the action, yeah, take so a lot of damage. So now we're talking about role because he doesn't even know what role he wants to be. Top lane, mid support. Yeah, so start at first with like the way you like to play fights. Do you like mages and sit from a distance? And or do you like burst-oriented champions? Do you like a lot of mechanical kiting, you want to be tanky, archers? Melee. Melee, do you like mages? You know, start to think of it at a very high level and then you get deeper and deeper. So let's actually kind of break through what the roles are, very simply put. Okay, if we, were, if we were to break it down at a super simple level. 80 carry, very mechanically intensive. You're the hyper carry. You scale it. You spike at three items. No mobility, lots of damage. Lots of damage. No, you're squishy, very, very squishy. Yeah. And you've got to be very careful with your positioning. Yeah. And you need time to build up your, your strength over the game. And your support helps you through that. The support... They, more, they can go two options. Two options. You can be a very aggressive... CC oriented support, um, poke supports. You be poke supports like mages and poke out the enemy yeah. and, and then create space that way. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of different supports, so that's a very flexible role. But that's less about what you do. That's more about like the, your mindset. You're not a carry mm. as a support. You are a facilitator. You are helping your AD carry. You are more of like a, a support, like literally a support. You can view yourself as a carry as a support. Yeah, but the Just type of no, but, the but the type of people that play. Yeah, support aren't they don't want to be the center of attention yeah you know just in my history of support they, they, they don't want to be the center they they want to still you yeah, know facilitate is the right word facilitate, facilitate yeah. yeah um i would say what do you say about jungle 
Jungle. Oh, Jungle's I'll, a mind it's, one. It's, it's yeah, in your it, mind. It's less about the champions. It's more about how you want to impact the game. You have influence potential in the entire game, right? So it's like you. You're very. What's, you, what's I mean? The word? I mean the cerebral role. It's a very cerebral role. Yeah, it's a more cerebral thinking role about thinking about how to win the game versus like you mechanics in a way. Bit. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, less. I would say mechanics are, are obviously important, but it is more cerebral. You're, yeah. you're thinking more about the map, yeah. And because you don't, you're not actively interacting with one other person. Top lane, again, I would say you're maybe you're like a. Again, it can be. It can go a lot of different ways. Traditionally, though, top lane, most of the utility and the front line comes through top lane. But in history, you know, there's mo- most of the tanks through top top lane. Most of the utility, most of the engage comes through the top lane champions. Now. In saying that, there are a lot of carry-oriented top laners that don't really offer any utility and like a secondary carry alongside the mid laner because the mid laner and the top laner, they can alternate roles. Mm. You can be a facilitator and more of the, the front Gallo, line engage. Camille, yeah. Gallo mid Camille top. Yeah, so that's a perfect example. Camille top is the carry in that situation, and Camille uh, Galio Camille <laughs> and Galio mid is the uh, facilitator and yeah. the engage in the yeah. you know the front line. So um, they kind of alternate. But generally, there's more mages and assassins in the mid lane. And again, you need that's why mid lane is the most hard, in my opinion, one of the hardest roles because you got to not only be mechanically sound and really focus intensively on the micro and be a carry, but you also got to have the map element and the macro down pat because you're in the center of the map. You got to be able to set you, you have the fastest entrance into the jungle. You're very close to the jungle. You have access to both side lanes and you both access to all objectives on the map. So mid lane is a very important role to the center of attention. Um, but top lane is more of like a, it's a pretty versatile role, but, um, Again, kind of like a secondary carry in a way. Secondary carry. So um, I would start thinking about that first. So where do you want to slot yourself into those five roles? What what, where, what do you what do you what do you gel with the yeah. most? What do you, stylistically? What do you gel with? Once you go from there, then you can start refining. Do then I you like, choose champions? Then you start to choose champions. Yeah. Um, I definitely recommend um, watching my Zin Zhao guide if you're looking to um, get into jungle because that guide teaches. I don't recommend Zin Zhao is not a good champion in the meta yeah, right now. Yeah, but I recommend him for lower elo people, and he teaches great fundamentals of jungling mm. because you play around. A, I talk about the hydraulic press mindset in that guide about understanding when to play around, how you can hard snowball a game through a specific lane, which is like jungling 101. And if you're interested in mid lane mages, I have a really good Annie guide. Yeah, and watch Curtis's Annie guide as well. Annie's the ultimate mid lane learning champion. All right, so I think that answers that Dave's question yep. there. All right, let's move on to Isha's question here. Uh, so this is a, his title, Ego or Confidence? What do you guys think the difference between having ego and confidence is? How can you tell the difference if there is one and get rid of an ego or is ego good? Uh, that's, such a, that's such a fine line, man. It's so hard, eh? It is hard. So it's a very hard. hard question to answer. It's a very, good question, Ish. I love it. I mean, I just think you have to have a, a, some form of an ego in League of Legends. Yeah, but is that is it is that just confidence? And then you understand because I mean, ego blinds you from some of your learning. You know? It does. But I feel like okay, this is okay. I feel like having an ego gets you to a certain point. And then you kind of like cap out, and then you got to put aside your ego to go to the next level. So think about think about this in traditions. Think about fighters, right? Yeah, yeah. A lot of fighters have big egos, 
but like but they're, they're confident. Yeah, but they no, but then they take it to the next level. They like it, delusional. They, they, yeah, they're yeah, able to put it aside delusional. a bit. Like think yeah. like Khabib, like he probably has an ego. Yeah, definitely. But he he controls it, and it's he's put he's able to put it aside. He knows that he needs to still put in the work, and he knows he could be beaten by anyone. Yeah, he can't slip up. But I think where this uh, uh, the main takeaway from this sort of question is the most important thing is how are you developing your confidence? Are you developing your confidence off the compliments of other people, or are you developing mm, your confidence based off having very good uh, practice schedules, having great like you're actively tracking your improvement, seeing your improvement both through the feeling of the way you're winning, the way you're winning games, the way you're getting leads. Are you getting leads because of games getting scaled out to 40 minutes and then you just somehow coin flipping games? Or are you actively employing like a wave manipulation technique and getting ahead? Mm-hmm. Are you, are you held you're, away you're, from you're, your side and you set up a gank and it worked and you got ahead? Like that's great. That's really great stuff. Mm. And that's a great way to build confidence. Like, oh, I actually played this fight really well. Mm. Give yourself a pat on the back. Go into the review. And that's important, actually. A great way to build confidence is people tunnel so hard on only looking at reviews to look at mistakes. It's important that you also give yourself a pat on the back to see things that you did well. Mm. And how can you replicate the things that you did mm. well? If you see really awesome play, it's like, oh, check out this this play I did here. I held the wave here. The enemy had to overextend. I, I pinked watered one side. I set up a gank and we got ahead. Or maybe I... Hold the way, I bounced away, got it on my side and chased them down the long lane when I got level six. Whatever it is, compliment yourself. Recognize how you did it and replicate it. And that is how you build confidence in a very genuine way. Um, rather than, you know, there's a lot of other toxic ways to build confidence. There's like people sucking up to you or whatever it is. I mean, I guess like the the trap we always talk about for confidence is like, yeah, win win streaks and loss streaks, like losing confidence and stuff, right? Exactly. And uh, you know, you know the big thing as well uh, in terms of like building confidence. Don't you know we always talk about improvement? It's like so improvement equals confidence. Sometimes you can be confident in view viewing the struggle, viewing you know you're gonna get you you know you're gonna have really like let's say you want to be like master tier or something like that, right? Or like your goals diamond. You're going to struggle a lot. It's not going to be all sunshine and rainbows. You improve like, oh, like I win, 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 win. Like you actually gain confidence during you going, I know it's going to be hard, but I'm going to get through it because my review, my schedule, like we talk about schedule, schedule is going to be good. My review process is going to be good. I'm going to work really hard, um, but it's going to be, I'm going to lose a lot. Like understanding you're going to lose 10 games, but you're still confident in your ability. You're confident in, and, and you're confident in the type of person you are to overcome adversity. Mm. And then when you do overcome adversity, you're like, holy fuck yeah, I'm a beast. I'm you a know? beast. Not because I, I got here pretty. Not because I got here with a 75% it's win rate. pretty. I got here with a 52% win rate and I'm still here and I'm climbing. Yeah. I love that. Love and it. And people think, people think climbing in League of Legends is... It's about win rates. It's like, about win rates. Getting rid of this account. It's like this account's doomed. Going on 50 counts and like, yeah. like you know, having you got to have a 70% win rate with perfect KDAs. Dude, even on my main account, I have like three champions in my top 10 where I have a negative win rate. I don't give a shit about KDAs, win rates, nothing like that. It's about I, I went on a loss streak. Okay, I'm still here. I'm coming back and improving. I'm learning and, and I'm above where I was before. I overcome adversity. It's the way you develop confidence. Now, in saying that though, I think it is important to have, you got to have some form of self-respect. You got to have a level of self-respect and you got to have some form of a bit of an ego. But, and again, I just think tying it back to the way you develop that ego and the way you develop that confidence is the important thing. 
I think that's the most the biggest takeaway. The way you develop it. Yeah. The way you earn it. The way you earn. earn. That's a good word, actually. The way you earn your confidence, your ego. Yeah. All right. Our next question here is from Velixis. So, he... This is on autopiloting, which is good. Yeah. Very 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 relevant to your video that you released today. I've heard a lot of discussion about autopiloting being a bad thing, but can't autopiloting also be good? When you have such champion mastery that you understand the matchups and how to mechanically play ex-champ gives you the opportunity to actually focus on playing the game. I see positives autopiloting developed over three stages. One, being played by a champion. The way I see things, majority of players get played by champions until they develop mastery over that champion. When mastery is achieved, they can actually autopilot in the mechanics of the champion, which now enables them to learn matchups. Autopiloting's not that. That's not... He's conflating... Yeah. He's, he's conflating system one decision making with autopiloting. Got it. So explain that. We well, can auto, so I talk about in my video. Yeah. Autopiloting is purely relying on system one decision making. That is all. You're not employing any system two decision making. System one decision making is um, yeah relying on your habits and your muscle memory and your instincts. That is what you do, and you develop that through thousands of games. But autopiloting is only using that and not using any of the system too because the great thing and the reason system one exists in the first place is so we don't get overwhelmed to because we need it to um free ourselves to think about more complex things in life we don't actively think about how to get up off this couch and walk over to that that's door. system one that's system one it's just we just know how we, we range assessment i don't need to think about how far i need to push my hand here in order to not touch you that's just i just know how to do it. it's muscle memory i know how to control my body um, that we use these because there was like a thing we make like 35,000 decisions in like I can't remember what it was like in a day or whatever it was or like in a short period of time yeah if that was all in system 2 our brain was exploded yeah we need it yeah so anyway that's, you want to go on but that's what I'm seeing so far so yeah so so yeah so the the definition there I think he's got it mixed up a got bit. It mixed up the second one is learning matchups after learning multiple different matchups this is when players can finally begin to learn the game um, yep. and then number three says now you can learn to play League of Legends when yep. you're learning the game you should actually be autopilot on the mechanics of your champion how the matchup you're playing goes this then enables you to track junglers predict dives like do the more complex things right? I, I don't know if he's watched my video when, when was this email sent? 12.47pm maybe he didn't today. watch my video yeah you should watch I think he hasn't I literally put out a video last night on my channel Felixis about autopiloting because it feels like you haven't watched it and so um, to focus on playing the game you should no longer need to focus on mechanics yeah so basically I think yeah, that yeah. to answer your question is that you've got it confused you've got it confused he literally says am I delusional is this why I'm currently a diamond player <laughs> XD no. no you're spot on you are We. Uh, yeah this is what you want to get to definitely you want to you, you want to have to like when I'm playing Oriana I don't think about the range matchup or how to what the ranges of that champion or how to CS. That's just all muscle memory for me at that level. But if you were to only do that, then... If I was to, that's what my autopilot is. It's yeah. only doing that. Then you wouldn't that's be That's why the, the, the example I talk about in my video is the reason people, why you can't translate leads very effectively when autopiloting is because in order to translate leads, you need to use your system too to put together all these pieces of information. Oh, what's happening in the side lane? What's the next objective? What's my role in this next team fight? Who's got flashes? Assess all the itemization. That is not auto. That is not system one decision making. No, you can't do that while autopiloting. Um, so yeah, check out my video, man. That that will definitely put you on the right path. All right, well, that's going to wrap it up for our Q and A in the episode number fourteen of Broken by Concept BBC. Um, I think that that's going to be. There's no more last words. That's going to be it. Um, 
I'm feeling like dick. Yep, Curtis needs to recover. I need to sleep early tonight. From whatever he he's going through. Yep. But uh, he'll be okay. I'm sure Curtis is a man. He can he can power through it. Yep. We'll uh, see you guys in episode number 15. Thanks a lot for listening, watching. And uh, catch yeah, up. We'll uh, catch you next time.